0: the following is a production of phoenix media the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners thank you for tuning in to silver age heroes radio theater i'm your host christian phoenix Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater.
1: Presenting the transcription feature, Superman!
2: Look, look, look at the look. It's a plane! It's a plane! It's Superman!
1: And now, Superman, champion of the weak and the oppressed, who came to Earth from the planet Krypton with physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who fights a never-ending battle against crime and injustice, Disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a large metropolitan newspaper. The adventure of the Howling Coyote, the adventure which took Clark Kent and Jimmy Olsen to the ranch of Comanche Joe, wealthy Indian oil man, is rapidly drawing to a close. Comanche Joe and Tumbleweed Jones, Jimmy's close friend, were forced to enter a mountain cave where the villainous Rawson was hiding in order to capture him. A gun battle ensued, and the shots resulted in a terrific cave-in, trapping all three men. In our last episode, we heard how they finally lapsed into unconsciousness because of lack of air. Then, sometime later, just before the episode ended, Superman arrived on the scene. Listen. Here's the entrance to the cave. I'll batter my way through that fallen rock with my fists, hurl it down the hill. If only I'm in time, if only it's not too late. Well, here goes. Ah, This is going to take a little longer than I expected. Must be tons of rock-bucking up the entrance. I wonder how long Tumbleweed and Comanche have been trapped inside with Rosson. Now then, if I could just get through this big boulder summon all my strength. Now then. There, I made it. I've gotten through to them. Now, let's see. Yes, there they are. Comanche, Tumbleweed, and Rosson. Are they still alive, I wonder? Better get them out into the open. Here. Throw Comanche over my shoulder. Pick up Tumbleweed in this hand. And Rosson in this. There we are. Better leave them here at the entrance of the cave. Ah, here come the Indians now. They'll do whatever's necessary to revive them, if they can be revived. I'd better hurry back to town before Jimmy and the doctor discover my absence.
2: Ah! Ah! ah.
1: Where's Mr. Kent, doctor? Why doesn't yes? he get back here? Ah, uh, take it easy, Jimmy. He'll be here. Well, he said he wouldn't be long. He only went as far as the garage to get some gas for that car of yours. You don't suppose something happened to him, do you? Oh? Maybe we'd we better call the garage. Oh, no, Jimmy. But I don't think it'd be a bad idea if we called the ranch.
3: Why call the ranch? We know something's wrong. We know something's happened to Comanche Joe and Tumbleweed. Oh,
1: you never know, Jimmy. They might be out of danger by this time. and you could take it easy instead of rushing back there. I'll telephone. Won't do any harm at any rate. Hello? Hello? Uh, give me Comanche Joe's ranch house, please. Oh, I'll hold on. Gosh, I wish Mr. Kent would get back here. What can be keeping him? He's been gone for over half an hour. We ought to be out at the ranch doing what we can to help Tumbleweed and Comanche Joe. Ah, you'll get there soon enough. Maybe they don't even... Oh, hello? This is Dr. Parker calling. Who am I talking? Oh, Pat. Pat, we understood something had happened to Comanche Joe and... What's that? Oh, I see. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, yes, I see. Yes. Well, Pat, will you tell them that Mr. Kent and Jimmy Olsen will be there in another few hours? That's right. Do you think you'll need me to dress their wounds? All right, then. I won't bother to come. Goodbye. Jimmy, your worries are over.
3: You mean Comanche Joe and Tumbleweed are okay?
1: I talked to a man named Pat. He said that your friends had been trapped inside a cave. Gone into the cave to capture Rawson, and the entrance had caved in. They were unconscious when the Indians finally got them out.
3: Oh, then the Indians saved them.
1: Well, Pat says they were actually saved by a man the Indians called the eagle in the shape of a man. He says the Indians claimed this new god of theirs battered his way through the fallen rock and brought the men out just in the nick of time. Of course, he doesn't believe it
3: what do you mean of course he doesn't believe it? Hmm? The eagle in the shape of a man is really Superman. Now, don't start telling me Superman doesn't exist because I know he does. I've seen him. Uh, now, Jimmy. Sure. And, and come to think of it, those Indians were calling for Superman to help them. I believe their story if nobody else does. Superman was the one who saved those men and nobody else. Oh, boy, what a relief. I can relax now that I know Tumbleweed's okay.
1: And Comanche Joe.
3: Oh, sure, him
1: too. Oh, that must be Mr. King. Oh, yes. I'll open the door. Hello. Sorry
2: Hello. Have you have any trouble, Kent?
1: Yeah, where uh, have you been all this time, Mr. Kent? I'm afraid I lost my way. I couldn't find the garage and wasted some time looking for it. Oh? But it's okay. I've got the gas and we can get started right away. Well, now, there's no hurry, Kent.
3: No hurry? No, Mr. Kent. We just telephoned the ranch house and they told us Comanche Joe and Tumbleweed are okay. Superman saved them. Who saved them?
1: The man I spoke to said the Indians claimed the men had been rescued by Superman. Oh, that's ridiculous. Yes, isn't it? Well, Jimmy, we'd better get started anyway. You already? I sure am.
3: And what the doctor said about
1: Superman isn't ridiculous. Okay, okay, Jimmy. Go on out to the car now. I want to talk to the doctor for a minute.
3: Okay. So long, Doc. And many
1: thanks for everything. Well, you're very welcome, Jimmy. Goodbye and good luck. And give my regards to Tumbleweed. I will. See you in the car, Mr. Campbell. All right, Jimmy. Now, Doc, what I want to talk to you about is your bill. My bill? Well, certainly. For the operation you performed on Jimmy. Mm. If you let me know what it is. I'll send you a check in the morning. Well, that's awfully nice of you, Kent. But there's no charge for what I did. What? The companionship you two have afforded me in the past few days is ample payment. Oh, but John... now there are no buts, my friend. Just forget it. Well, many thanks then. I'll have one of the ranch hands drive your car back in the morning. He can come back to the ranch in Comanches. Well, Mrs. Goodbye. I, I'm really terribly sorry to see you go, Kent. Funny, I was reading, leading a rather dull life here until you came along. What do you mean? Well, it's hard for me to explain. Some strange things happened here the night your young friend Jimmy was brought in. Things I'm not at liberty to talk about. Now this report from the ranch that your friends were saved by Superman. I simply can't understand it. Uh, you don't suppose Superman really exists, do you? Well, frankly, Doc, the idea of a Superman is so fantastic that I'd hardly give it a thought if I were you. Uh, I suppose you've got something there. But I certainly can't bring myself to believe that I've dreamed all the things that have happened to me. Especially what happened in that operating room when Jimmy Olson was at the point of death. Yes, what did happen in that operating room, Doc? Well, I can't answer that, Kent. I gave my word to—well, I gave my word that I wouldn't breathe a word of it to anyone. I see. Well, once again, goodbye, Doc. Goodbye, Kent. Take it easy on those mountain roads with Jimmy, All right. especially driving in that antique of Comanche Joe. All right, Kent. Jimmy.
4: I've just checked up and your train leaves in a little while. I, I wish you could stay with us longer. Can't do it, Comanche.
1: Now that the case of the howling coyote is cleared up, Editor White will expect us both back on the job.
4: Yes, I suppose so. Well, everything's turned out for the best. Too bad about Rawson. Although he was my enemy, I'm I'm sorry he died.
3: Say, gee, I almost forgot. Did you find out how he made the coyote howl?
4: Yes, Jimmy. Would you like to see how Rawson did it? Gosh, I sure would. Well, then I'll show you. Watch.
5: What?
1: Mr. Kent, did you hear that? I certainly did, Jimmy. It was a coyote. And here it comes now.
5: Well, I'll be. Why, why it's a real coyote.
4: Yes, Jimmy. It's a coyote Rawson used. He'd made a pet of it and trained it to howl whenever he gave the signal. What
5: signal? I didn't hear
4: any signal. You'll understand when I take this whistle out, out of my mouth.
2: Whistle?
4: Yes, here it is. Tiny whistle which can be concealed in the mouth. It makes a sound so high, only the ear of a coyote or a dog can hear it. It's impossible for the human ear to catch it the note is so high. Why?
2: Sure, I've seen those whistles back
1: in Metropolis. They use for training dogs.
4: That's right. Well, I've decided to keep the little coyote a pet. Look here, we're wasting time. You two better get started. I'll ride with you to the station. Oh,
1: well, Where's Tumbleweed?
2: Isn't he going to say goodbye?
4: Oh, uh, I was afraid you'd get around to that. Tumbleweed just couldn't face saying goodbye, Jimmy.
2: Oh.
4: He, uh, he asked me to give you this. Oh,
1: and arrow with a quiver and everything. Gee. Tell him... Tell him thanks for me, will you, Comanche?
4: Yes, Jimmy, I'll do that.
1: Come on, Jim, we've got to get going. Huh? Oh, yeah, sure. Let's go. Comanche, what goes on here?
4: All the boys on the ranch and the entire Comanche reservation are going to accompany you two down to the station. It's a great honor, Ken. I should say it is.
1: You you don't see tumbleweed around, do you? No, Jimmy, I don't. Say, now, step out of it. Tumbleweed's doing the right thing, Jimmy.
4: It'll be a lot harder to say goodbye, you know. Yeah, I guess so. Up on those horses, you two. Let's get started. Okay. Say not
2: great, you know. Let's go, Max. Well, goodbye, Comanche. I'm
1: looking forward to our next visit,
3: whenever that'll be.
4: Anytime at all, Kent. Anytime at all.
3: Thanks. Goodbye, Jimmy. Goodbye, Comanche. And thank Tumbleweed for the bow and arrow
4: I will, Jim.
1: Well, here we go. Come on, Comanche. Bye. Bye. everybody. Bye. Bye. Well, Jimmy, I kind of hate to be leaving. Looking back on our trip out here, I've enjoyed it, despite all the accidents and misfortunes we had. I
2: certainly hope we...
1: Say, now, look here. You've got to take it like a man, Jim.
5: I'm all right, Mr. Kent. It's just that Tumbleweed didn't say goodbye.
1: Well, now, Jim, it isn't as if you'll never see Tumbleweed again. Of course it ain't. What? Tumbleweed? Have some fudge, laughing squirrel. Where'd you come from, Tumbleweed? What are you doing on this train? Jimmy, we've arranged to have Tumbleweed come and visit us in the
3: city. You mean to see you're coming with us all the way to the city, Tumbleweed?
2: Sure I am, if you don't mind.
3: Mine? You old horsey You 4
2: legged (laughs) drunk
1: And so the adventure of the howling coyote ends happily But what new adventures await Superman and Jimmy And their new friend Tumbleweed Jones in Metropolis? Be sure to hear the next exciting episode of our story With Superman And remember, tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman. Up in the sky, look! It's
2: a man! It's a plane! It's Superman!
1: Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics
0: Magazine. Behold, my precious. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here. Uh-huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, with exclusive loot box surprises known to you every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, Daddy. Uh-huh. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude, Cowabunga! to the Loot Gaming Video Game Box. Woohoo! Woo! To the With cuts huh? starting as low as 11 dollars per month, those are packs just about for all the To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer! That's F-E-N-I-X-Media.us forward slash loot crate! Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate! Did it? Or tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman.
1: Presenting the transcription feature, Superman. Up in the sky, look.
6: It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman.
1: And now, Superman, champion of the weak and the oppressed, who came to Earth from the planet Krypton with physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who fights a never-ending battle against crime and injustice, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a large metropolitan newspaper. In our last episode, we heard how, after many adventures in the Far West, the case of the howling coyote had been brought to a successful conclusion by Superman. As our episode ended, Kent and Jimmy Olsen had started back for Metropolis, accompanied by Tumbleweed Jones, Jimmy's newfound friend. As we take up our story once again, we find ourselves in the office of Editor White at the Daily Planet in Metropolis. Editor White is speaking on the telephone. Listen. What's his name? Sidney Rycroft. Yeah. And you say he's a celebrated British explorer? I see. Well, we'll look into it right away. There ought to be a feature story in this. Well, thanks very much for the tip. Right. Goodbye.
5: Yes, Mr. White?
1: Get in touch with Lois Lane immediately. You'll find her at the annual dinner for the Ladies Historical Society. i got something important for her to work on.
5: Very well, Mr. White. Oh, by the way, sir, there's someone here to see you.
1: Who? He
5: asked me to withhold his name, Mr. White. What? But he said you'd be very happy to see him. He also said that it's most urgent for him to
1: see you. I'm not in the habit of seeing people who... Oh, very well. I've got a few minutes. Send him in. Yes, sir. Hello there, Chief. What? what? Can't... Clark, Kent,
4: and Jimmy. Oh, well, Ken. well, well, well.
1: Glad to see us, Chief. I certainly am. I've got a job for you that's got to be covered right Ken away. And... Wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on here. We just got back in town. We've been away for a long time, remember? I'm not unaware of that, Kent. You've just gotten back from visiting Comanche Joe's Ranch out in the far west. Yes. The stories you've sent back in the case of the Howling Coyote have been very good. Very good indeed. Oh, thanks. But that job is finished now, and I've got another. Oh, well, can you beat that? Chief, Aren't you? Uh, aren't you going to welcome us home from an assignment? Why should I? It's your job, isn't it? Oh. Am I supposed to throw a party every time you come back from an assignment that takes you out of the city for a while? Well, no, Chief, no. If we thought at least you'd be glad to see us. I am glad to see you. Welcome home. Happy to have you back. Huh, thanks. Now then, this new assignment I've got for you... Now, wait a minute now, wait a minute. Before I do anything for you, Chief, there's something you've got to do for me. Yeah, it's about Tumbleweed Jones. Huh? What? Tumbleweed Jones? Well, who the devil is he? Well, he's a friend of ours. And is he an expert with the bow and arrow? Bow and arrow? Tumbleweed Jones? Kent, what is all this? Well, Chief, Tumbleweed Jones is one of Comanche Joe's ranch hands. He uh, he came back with us to Metropolis, and well, you, you've got to help us get him out of jail. Get, get him out of jail? And you only got back this morning? You mean to say this, this Tumbleweed Jones is in jail already? Well, it wasn't his fault. No, you see, Chief, he's not used to the city, and well, he doesn't realize that he can't be as free and easy here as he can be out on a ranch. He spoke very nicely to the cop. It was only because the cop pushed him. The, the cop pushed him? Well, why should the cop push him?
5: Uh, well, uh, uh, Tumbleweed pushed the cop.
1: He
3: pushed the cop? Well, uh, it wasn't exactly a push. Because, you see, when the cop fell off his horse, Tumbleweed... Yeah, well, asked... wait
1: a minute. Wait a minute. In the name of heaven, Kent, what is all this? What happened? Give me the story from beginning to end. Well, it was this way, Chief. Tumbleweed was feeling kind of homesick. So he hits a cop. Well, no, no. That's what led up to it. You see, uh, when we got out of the camp at the hotel, Tumbleweed spied a cop on horseback nearby. Well, he hadn't seen a horse in such a long time that he simply had to go up to the cop and talk to him. Well, well... Well, they talked for a few minutes, and then Tumbleweed said that he thought the cop was holding his reins too tightly. He said the horse would get a tough mouth because of holding the reins so tightly.
3: And the cop said he knew how to ride a horse and for Tumbleweed to mind his own business.
1: Good for the cop. Uh, yes, yes. But then Tumbleweed said it was his business because he knows horses and loves them. And then he tried to show the cop how to hold the reins, and... That's when the cop told him to go away and
3: sort of pushed him. And he shouldn't have done that to Tumbleweed, Mr. White. That was bad. Yeah. Oh,
1: it was. And why, may I ask?
3: Because Tumbleweed pushed him back. With his fist, sort of. Uh,
1: pushed him with his fist? Sort of. Uh, you mean your cowboy friend hit him, is that it? Sort of. hmm Well, uh, I'll see what can be done. Meanwhile, this assignment I've got for you, Kent. All right, Chief. What is it? There's a British explorer in town. Huh? Sidney Rycroft. He's here on the lecture tour and arrived only a few days ago. I've never met him, but I'm told he's been everywhere and done practically everything. You ought to make a good story. I want you to go up and interview him. He's staying at the Hotel Martin. Okay, I'll call him for an appointment and see him this afternoon. Say, by the way... Uh, Wait a minute. Hello? Oh, yes, Lois. It's Lois, Mr. Kent. Guys. I'm glad you called, Lois. You can stay over there at the Historical Society. I'm putting Kent on the job I had in mind for you. Uh, What's that? Yes, yes, he's back. Just got in this morning. All right, all right. I'll make the assignments, and I put Kent on that story. 8 4, please. Uh, let's see. The man at the desk said room 814. 814 to your left, sir. Oh, thank you. Gee, this is exciting, Mr. Kent. I've never met an explorer before. Yeah, it is exciting, isn't it? Let's see. 810, 812, 814. Well, I'll be. Holy mackerel, Mr. Kent. What is that sticking in the door? It's a dagger, Jimmy. A strange-looking dagger stuck right in the center of the door. What's it mean? I any idea. I've got a feeling we'll soon find out. First, we'll pull that dagger out of the door. Now we'll ring the bell and wait for Mr. Ryecroft to open the door. It's the queerest thing I've ever seen. A dagger stuck into a hotel room door. Well, maybe there's a story here somewhere, Jimmy. Keep your eyes and ears open. Don't worry, I will. I want to get to be as good a reporter as you are, Mr. Kent. Oh. Yes? Oh, how
5: do you do? Uh, I'm Clark Kent of the Daily Planet. I've come to interview Mr. Rycroft, Sidney Rycroft. Oh. Oh, come in, please. I'm sure I... Well, what is that you're holding in your hand? Oh, it's a dagger. I just found it stuck in the door. Oh. Mr. Kent, quick. She's going to faint. Oh. Here, wait. no. Oh. No, it's quite all right, really. I, I shan't faint. That dagger, it rather bowled me over for a moment. There. It begins to appear as if the cult of Osiris really meant it, after all. cult
6: of Osiris meant what?
5: Osiris, as you know, was an Egyptian god. Yes, but... In Egypt, I was warned to keep out of the tomb where Osiris is believed to have been buried. I was told that death would certainly strike at anyone who broke the seal of that tomb. Well, I broke it. That dagger, Mr. Kent, is a warning... Well, I should think it's your father who has to worry, not you.
1: After all, I take it you merely accompanied him into the tomb. My father? Oh, yes, Sidney Rycroft.
5: Oh, <laughs> I'm afraid you misunderstand, Mr. Kent. I'm Sidney Rycroft. Holy mackerel, a girl. Jimmy,
1: I beg your pardon, Miss Rycroft. It never occurred to me that
5: the name Sidney... Oh, it's w- quite a common name for a girl in England, oh, Mr. Kent. Yes, of course it is. Well, Miss Rycroft, about that dagger... Oh, I've been through much the same sort of thing before, Mr. Kent, and I... I flatter myself that I'm rather capable of taking care of myself very well. Look here, Mr. Kent, I should like very much to give you an interview, but I'm pressed for time at the moment. Well, Miss Mycroft Well, i tell you a- what. I had bought three tickets for the great Gambini tonight. Oh, the magician? Gee, I want to see that myself. Well, I was about to say. You see, I had invited two friends, a man and his wife, to come with me. They called me only a few moments ago and said they couldn't make it, so... Would you and your young friend care to join me tonight? We can have a little chat after the performance. Well, well say yes, Mister Kent. Gosh, the great Gambini!
1: Youth must be served, Miss Rycroft. Where shall we meet tonight?
5: Why, um, I suggest that you meet me outside the theatre at exactly eight <laughs> Oh
2: Gosh, wasn't that
5: funny, Miss Ryecroft? Certainly was, Jimmy. Uh, the great Gambini is not
1: only an amazing magician; he's quite a comedian too. Well, I guess that trick winds up the show. Oh, no,
5: no, there's still one more to come. A disappearing act, I believe. Oh, oh, sure. See? They're moving a big black box onto the stage. Yes, yes, and Gambini is holding up his hands for silence.
2: Ladies
6: and gentlemen, I am now about to execute for you a trick which no one has ever been able to solve. You see here on the stage a box. I will place within that box a person from the audience. I will then seal the box. And then, presto! I shall cause not only the person, but the box as well, to vanish into thin air. Uh, may I have from the audience a volunteer, please? Anyone at all? Anyone? Uh, you, you, young lady, uh, would you please?
5: She's pointed at you, Miss Right. Yes, so I see, but I, I'd rather not. Please,
6: young woman, if I may say so, you're very beautiful, very charming. Oh. You will be a wonderful addition to the performance of this trick. Please, I I'm you afraid, Miss
5: Rycroft, you can't refuse a compliment please like that. No, I suppose not. Please. Oh, very well, I'll go up.
6: <laughs> thank you, thank you so much. You're very kind of you to come up. Thank you. You, uh, you are not afraid? Oh, no, not <laughs> at all. Excellent, excellent. And now, ladies and gentlemen, I place this charming lady inside the black box. So, will you please take it? Thank you, thank you. So, now I close the lid of the box. So... Gosh,
3: he's closing Mr. Icroft up in
1: that box, Mr. Kent. It's yeah, sort of exciting, isn't it?
6: And now, presto, changeo, magnifico. I clap my hands, so...
3: Look, the box has disappeared. It isn't there anymore.
1: Just an illusion, Jimmy. All done with mirrors. Oh,
3: wait. Gambini's going to say something.
6: And uh, that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes my performance. Good night. Good night to you all. Good night.
2: Concludes his performance?
3: What, Mr. Kent, the train's coming down and Gambini's walked off the stage. And he hasn't made Miss Rycroft appear again.
1: So I see, Jim.
3: Do you think it's part of the trick?
1: It's part of a trick, all right. A trick I don't think I'm going to like. Come on. Where are we going? We're going backstage to see Gambini. And I've got a feeling the quicker we get back there, the better. Has something really happened to Miss Rycroft, the British explorer? Was the Egyptian dagger a warning of death? Strange adventures are in store for our friends in this new mystery. Adventures which will tax the powers even of Superman. Be sure to hear the next episode of our exciting mystery story with Superman. And remember, tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman.
2: Up in the sky, look! It's a plane! It's a plane!
1: It's Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics Magazine.
0: You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, no, it's Superman.
1: Presenting the transcription feature, Superman!
2: Up in the guy. look! It's a plane! It's a plane! It's- Superman!
1: And now, Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with physical powers far beyond those of ordinary men, and who fights a never-ending battle against crime and injustice, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper. Assigned to the job of interviewing Sidney Rycroft, British explorer, who had come to America on a lecture tour, Clark Kent discovered the explorer to be a woman... Not a man, as he had thought. Miss Rycroft invited Kent and Jimmy to the theater that night to see the performance of a magician named Gambini. As his performance drew to a close, Gambini invited Miss Rycroft to come up on the stage and help him perform a trick of illusion. Placing her in a box, he sealed it and then caused it to disappear. Then, to the astonishment of Kent and Jimmy, Gambini said goodnight and walked off the stage without bringing back the vanished Miss Rycroft. As we join them now... Kent and Jimmy are on their way backstage to see what happened to Miss Rycroft and Gambini. Listen, I should be sure other ones that
3: are getting into trouble. All we do is up to see a Sidney Rycroft, a British explorer, to interview him for the paper. First of all, Sidney Rycroft turns out to be a woman, and then we discover that she's being pursued by some Egyptian fanatics. Uh, that... Fanatics, Jimmy. Egyptian fanatics, because she broke the seal of the tomb of Osiris.
1: And now a magician makes her disappear and doesn't bring her back again. Gosh, I wish I was Superman or somebody like that. I could keep up with all these things that happened to us. You're doing all right. Well, here's the street. We'll go around to the stage door. Okay. Gee, I don't know what you're hurrying for, Mr. Kent. Even if the great Gambini wanted to get away, he wouldn't be able to do it this quickly. Well, I'm just not taking any chances, Jim. Ah, here's the stage door. Now to find out if my hunch about Miss Rycroft is right or not. Hmm. The door seems to be locked. Well, we'll knock. Funny. Nobody answers. No, just keep knocking till someone does answer. I certainly can't understand this. Stage doors are usually open and you don't have to... Wait. The door's opening. Look. There's an old man standing there. Yes. What do you want? I want to see the great Gambini. Who'd you say? The great Gambini. The magician who played here tonight. Uh, uh, just a minute, young fella. This is some kind of a joke. I don't see anything funny about it. I want to see the, the... Great Gambini, yes, yes, I know. I don't know who's kidding you, young fella. In case you don't know it, I'm telling you now. The Great Gambini hasn't played this theater in ten years. What's he saying? Last time the Great Gambini played here was back in 1924, 25, thereabouts. Matter of fact, we ain't had a performance in this theater for now in two years. Well, you're out of your mind. Well, we just this minute saw the wind-up of his performance inside the theater. Yeah, he put a friend of ours in a box, Mr. Wycroft. Made her disappear, but he didn't make her come back again. Yes, yes, of course. Well, you'll probably find her on the moon. Good night, dear. Now, wait a minute. Not so fast. Stop but... holding that door. The great Gambini is inside there, and I'm going to see him. Now, get out of my way. Come on, Jim.
5: <laughs> oh, macro, Mr. Kent. It's the dust in here.
1: This place looks as if it hasn't been used in years. Well, what have I been telling you? This theater's been closed for two years almost. It looks like it, All right dust on these floors is an inch thick. Cobwebs all over the place. Mr. Kent, are we going crazy? Hmm. We did see the great Gambini, didn't we? Wait a minute, there's something queer about all this and I'm going to find out what it is. I'm telling you we just came from inside the theater and I can prove it. Come on. Where to? Out onto the stage. There'll be plenty of signs of a performance here tonight and there'll be no doubting that we saw the great Gambini give a performance. Yeah. Do you see what I see? All those seats, hundreds of them. Covered with dust and cobwebs. And the curtain, the curtain we saw come down, all torn and tattered. Mr. Kendall, I'm getting scared.
3: We, we did see the great Gambini, oh, right? How easy, does it, Jimmy?
1: You? Yes, yes. Are you convinced now that you're. I want to see the dressing rooms in this theater. You can't convince me that Jimmy Olsen, Miss Sidney Rycroft, and myself didn't see the great Gambini here tonight. I'm telling you. You're that... telling me nothing. The dressing rooms, I want to see them. And I want to see them right now. Get sir. This is the last dressing room in the lot. Here, open the door. Well, wait in. All yours. Holy mackerel, Mr. Kent. This is just like all the other dressing rooms. All covered with dust and cobwebs. The man must be right, Mr. Kent. We must be wrong. Yes, I guess we are wrong. Well, sorry to have troubled you. Come on, Jimmy, let's go. You could have told me in the first place you wouldn't find nothing. I have been watchmen here for nine under two years, and I know there ain't been a performance here in all that time. Yes, yes. Well, good night. What do we do now? Jimmy, I want you to go back to the Daily Planet. Without you? Yes. I've got a little investigating to do, and I want to do it alone. All right, gee, Mr. King. Do as I tell you, Jimmy. Oh, okay. When will you get back to the office? I don't know. Now scoot. Okay. See you later. All right. I needed to get rid of Jimmy, but I had to do it. Now, to go back into that theater... As Superman. Can't seem to find a clue. Not a single clue. Why I'd expect to find one way up here on the balcony, I don't know. Funny. whole theater darkened except for the light through that skylight. Dust all over the place. Dust and cobwebs. I know, I know I saw a performance here tonight. Gambini did make Miss Sidney Rycroft disappear into thin air. And it was a shock to begin with, discovering that Sidney Rycroft, the English explorer, was a woman and not a man. Well, i bet... Wait. Lights. Lights have gone up on the stage. Now, that's the funny...
2: Hmm,
1: little old man, the one Jimmy and I were just talking to, was walking out onto the stage. i better watch this carefully. Yep. Oh, he's rapping on the stage floor with his knuckles. That thing tells me I... Ah, panel is sliding back in the floor of the stage. I'd better get down close so I can see better right
2: here. All
1: right, boys. All's clear. Did you get rid of that yeah, guy? I'm sure, no trouble at all. Empty cars out in the back right now. Hmm. Better bring the girl out. Everything okay? Yeah, we got a gag and tied up. Good. All right, you guys, let's get the girl out to the car. Take it easy. Ah, shut up, sister. Nobody can hear you anyway. You're wrong
2: about
1: that. What the devil? Who said that? Look. Look up there in the box. The guy in the red cloak. Look, girl down, you guys. Looks like we got a little job to take care of first.
2: You bet you have.
1: Uh, Holy jump, did you see the leak that damn age? From the box uh, to the stage. All right, you men, what's going on here? Wouldn't you like to know? I, I
2: own me hand, I fuck with the hand.
1: Yes, and here's where I break your head. Oh, uh, get him, get him, you guys. Come on, gentlemen. Uh, uh, One
2: down. Uh, two down. Uh,
1: uh, well, that's that. Now then, Miss Rycroft, we'll remove that very annoying gag from your mouth. There. Uh, oh, my. Oh,
5: my. I don't know who you are, but I'm deeply grateful to you. We'd better get out of here. Oh, no.
1: Not before I question these men. There are a lot of questions that need answering. Oh, they
5: won't be able to tell you. They're, they're just common foodlums hired by Gambini. They don't know anything. Oh, please, let's get away from here.
1: Well, all right. Come on.
5: Oh, thank you so much for what you've done. But, but who are you? Why are you dressed that way?
1: Never mind that. Not important. Now, perhaps I'd better see you to your hotel. Oh, no.
5: No, please, I, I'll be all right. I I was caught off my guard tonight, and I I can't explain But, but I'll be all right from here on.
1: Well, I can't allow you to... Oh, don't
5: worry. I've got a gun, and I know how to use it. I'll get in the cab, and I'll be all right. Oh, wait. Uh, would you do me another favor?
1: Why, of course.
5: There's a man named Clark Kent, a reporter on the Daily Planet. Oh, would you telephone him, please, and tell him I'm safe and that he mustn't come to see me again?
1: Mustn't come to see you again?
5: That's right. Tell him to just forget about the interview and the story and everything.
1: Very well, I'll call him. Clark Kent, Daily Planet. That's right.
5: And thank you. Thank you again. Good night. Good
2: night.
1: Will you excuse me, please? Oh, certainly, Mr. White. Here's a white being. Oh, hello, Lois. Oh, I don't know what's happened to Kent. I sent him out to interview Sidney Rycroft, the British explorer, and the next thing I know, Jimmy Olson shows up here with a fantastic story about a woman disappearing in a theater that hadn't been used in years, and I don't know what else. What? I don't know, Lois. All I know is Kent better be able to explain all this or he gets his walking papers tonight. Yes. Goodbye. Of all the idiots. Uh, perhaps, Mr. White, the young men will explain everything. No, I doubt it. We'll have to be pretty good. Mm, what a day. I spent most of it trying to get his blasted cowboy friend, Tumblebee Jones, out of jail. I finally succeeded, haven't I? Hello, Chief. I'll see you right away. Oh, sorry. I didn't see you had someone else with you. Quite all right, Kent. Come, do come in. Now, tell me, Kent. Did you make out all right on the interview with Sidney Rycroft? Well, that's the story. First thing I discovered was that Sidney Rycroft is a woman, not a man. A woman, eh? Yes. And then... Kent, I've had enough of this. If you can't attend a business, if you can't do your job as it should be done... Wait a minute, Chief. Wait a minute. What are you driving at? Trying to hoodwink me, are you? Well, I happen to know, Kent, that you've spent the day gallivanting around town enjoying yourself. Huh? You never did go to see Sidney Rycroft for that interview, and I can prove it. Oh, Kent, well, prove it, then. This gentleman sitting on my right, Mr. Kent, permit me to introduce him to you. Mr. Kent, may I present Sidney Rycroft, the British explorer. Mr. Sidney Rycroft, Kent. Mr. Sidney Rycroft. Well, Superman seems to be getting into another baffling mystery. What is the solution to the strange incident in the theater? Why did the beautiful English girl claim to be Sidney Rycroft? Be sure to hear the next episode of this thrilling and baffling mystery story with Superman. And remember, tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman! Up in the
2: sky! Look! It's a plane! It's a plane! It's Superman!
1: Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazines
0: you're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman.
1: Presenting the transcription feature, Superman!
2: Up in the sky, It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! <laughs>
1: And now, Superman, champion of the weak and the oppressed, who came to Earth from the planet Krypton with physical powers far beyond those of mortal men and who fights a never-ending battle against crime and injustice disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a large metropolitan newspaper. Superman, in the guise of Clark Kent and Jimmy Olsen, have become deeply involved in another baffling mystery. Assigned by Editor White to interview Sidney Rycroft, British explorer, Kent discovered the explorer was a woman, not a man. Miss Rycroft confided to Kent and Jimmy the fact that her life was in danger because she had dared to break the seal of the tomb of Osiris in Egypt. Our friends accompanied Miss Rycroft to the theater that night, where, in a weird adventure, Superman foiled an attempt on the girl's life. Having seen Miss Rycroft safely to her hotel, Kent returned to Editor White's office at the Daily Planet, where a fresh surprise awaited him. Listen. Listen. Oh, Sidney Rycroft is a woman, eh, Kent? That's right, Chief. But look here, suppose we discuss this later, huh? I see you've got a visitor. I didn't mean to interrupt. You. Well, what right, are all, right, all right. I'm inclined to think, Kent, that my visitor would be very much interested in your decidedly weird story. Why should he be interested in it, Chief? Because he happens to be Sidney Rycroft. Huh? Mind if I sit down, Chief? I'm beginning to feel a little dizzy. What's gotten into you, Kent? Oh. I send you and Jimmy Olsen out to interview Sidney Rycroft, the British explorer. You're gone all afternoon and all night. Jimmy comes back and tells me some weird story about a theater disappearing or some such thing. And then you bounce in. Tell me you've been with Rycroft all day, then that Rycroft is a woman. When all the time, Rycroft is sitting right here in my office. Uh, look, look here. Uh, I'd rather you couldn't argue with me, but... I don't understand this at all. Chief. I give you my word, I went to the hotel you named and asked for Sidney Rycroft. And when Jimmy and I got to Rycroft's apartment, a girl opened the door. She told me that she was Sidney Rycroft. Yes, yes, Kent. Go on. Well, she said she had two extra tickets for the great Gambini tonight, and would Jimmy and I care to go with her? Well, we went. Gambini called for a volunteer from the audience to help him in a disappearing act, and Miss Rycroft went up onto the stage. Oh, you went to see the great Gambini, did you, Kent? That's right, Chief. You're lying, Kent. You know as well as I do that Gambini died ten years ago. Oh, we saw someone who called himself the Great Gambini. Go on, go on with your story, Kent. I just want to see how far your feverish imagination can go. Oh, Chief, believe me, I'm telling you the truth. Gambini put Miss Rycroft into a box and caused the box to disappear. And then he walked off the stage and the curtain came down. And uh, Miss Rycroft did not reappear, eh? That's right. Hmm. Jimmy and I were worried, so we went backstage to see what had happened. Well, that's when we got the shock of our lives. We found an old man back there, a watchman, who said the theater had been closed for years. And to bear him out, there was dust and cobwebs all over the place. Oh, mm, Mr. Uh, go on, Kent, go on. Your imagination oh, no. is amazing. Honestly, Chief, this is all on the level. What do you mean, on the level? Kent, you've either invented this thing or you've dreamed it. Well, what about Jimmy? We both couldn't have dreamed the same thing. Jimmy will believe anything you tell him. But go on with this fairy tale of yours. What happened after you discovered the theater hadn't been used in years? Why, uh, nothing. We, uh, we, we left the place. Well, why did Jimmy come back here alone? Well, I wanted to be by myself for a while. I wanted to think the thing out. Think it out, eh? And you better go home and sleep it off, Kent. But, Mr. White, right, I... I you. know, look here, I, I feel frightfully guilty about this whole thing. I, I don't know quite what it's all about, but I do feel that I'm somewhat to blame. On the contrary, well, Mr. Whitecroft we've imposed upon you. But I'll make it up to you. Instead of one article about you and your globetrotting adventures, we'll run a series. Hmm. Only this time, I'll get someone I can trust to know it. Hiya! Is Kent well, in
2: here?
1: Tumbleweed! Tumbleweed Jones! I'd almost forgotten all about you. So the chief got you out of jail, did he? He sure did, and I'm mighty grateful to him. And you can show your gratitude by staying out of my office. This cowboy friend of yours, Kent, has given me more trouble than six other people put together. Mr. White, you're a mighty fine hombre, but at that temper, you all need a uh, Here, here's some fudge. I don't want any of your blasted fudge. Oh, Kent, I wish you were still out west somewhere. I wish you would never arrived back here this morning. I wish, I wish you'd get out of here and take this... Jumping Weed or whatever his name is with you. Go on, go on, get out, get out. Okay, okay, let's go, Tumbleweed. Right with you, son. Say, uh, what's Mr. White raising all that dust about, Kent? I can't explain now, Tumbleweed. One thing I do know. What's that, Kent? Listen, tonight Jimmy and I saw a performance given by the great Gambini. Now I'm given to understand that Gambini died ten years ago. Well? Well, that man inside there with Editor White claims to be Sidney Rycroft, the explorer. Now, his name may be Rycroft, all right. But when I saw him on the stage tonight, he called himself the Great Gambini. You mean to tell me that that fella in there is two people? Why, what kind of sense can you make out of that? I can't make any kind of sense out of it yet, Tumbleweed. But I will before I'm through. Look, you gotta come with me. I'll tell you the whole story on the way. Where are you bound for? i I'm gonna jump in a cab and go back to the hotel where I just left Miss Sidney Rycroft. I'm going to get to the bottom
2: of this mess right now. Well, Kent, that sure
1: is the most low-code story I ever did hear. First thing I've got to determine for sure, Tumbleweed, is which of these two people, the man or the woman, is really Sidney Rycroft. Yeah, and uh, supposing you find out, then where are you? Well, that remains to be seen. A lot of questions that need answers. That business tonight of the girl disappearing. And the theater having the appearance of not having been used in years. Now, oh, that was all an elaborate trick, I'm sure. I'll find out how it was accomplished in time. But why should anyone go to all that trouble? You got me. Another thing, Cumberweed, You can't make me believe that these Egyptian fanatics, or whatever you call them, would follow that girl all the way around the world, merely because she'd broken the seal of the tomb of Osiris. Now, oh, I'm convinced there's something more to it than that. Well, you figure it out, Kent. I can't. I'll know a lot more than I know now once I've talked with the girl who calls herself Sydney Rycroft. Oh, here we are. Here's the hotel where she's staying. All right, there you are, driver. Thanks, bud. Come on, Tumbleweed. Right with you, kid. Yes, sir. Can I help right. you? I have come to see Miss Sidney Rycroft. Will you announce me, please? The name is Kent. Clark Kent. Certainly, sir. I'll ring up her room. Miss Sidney Rycroft, please. What beats me, Kent, is how you rescued the girl from them hombres after you found her backstage. I didn't know you was a fighting man. Oh, the, that was nothing. Most of them ran off. Scared to death they were getting into trouble, I guess. I'm afraid it wasn't much of a fight. Uh, Miss Rycroft doesn't answer, sir. Oh, uh, keep trying, please. Ring Miss Rycroft again, operator. Say, uh, you don't reckon something's happened to that gal again, do you? I don't know, Tumbleweed. Funny she doesn't answer. Hello? Miss Rycroft, this oh. is the desk. He got it all right. Uh, Mr. Clark, can to see you? Shall I have him come up? Oh, uh, Very well, Miss Rycroft. Uh, Miss Rycroft says she'll come down if you don't mind waiting, gentlemen. Oh, government. thank you. Thank you very much. It's funny, Tumbleweed. Why should she object to our coming up? She didn't this afternoon. Don't ask me, can't I? I never did understand women. But now don't you go to breaking a stir. It's you and me just sit down here in the lobby and wait to let that
2: female get you. Come on, boy
1: wait, I'm worried. We've waited in this lobby for over 30 minutes and still no sign of Miss Rycroft. Better ask that fella at the desk to call up again. No. No, what we'd better do is go right on up to her room. Come on. But Kent, she said to wait down here till she came down. Well, maybe she did, but I'm not waiting. Come on, we're taking the elevator up to the eighth floor. <laughs> Floor, babe. Come on, Tumbleweed. She's no mate, 14. Right with you, kid. Now, oh, here we are. I'll ring.
2: Sounds as quiet
4: as a grave inside there.
1: Yeah, it mm, sounds too quiet. See, look, Kate. Huh? You your door ain't even shut tight. I can't. But... Why, George, you're right. That's funny. We'd better have a look inside. Supper and in coyotes, Kent. Look at this place. Yeah, we're too late. Everything turned upside down. Furniture scattered all over the place. There must have been a struggle, Tumbleweed. Well, I'll say. It appears to me is how they made off with of the gal. Tumbleweed. I hear you. Remember while we were waiting downstairs, that heavily veiled woman got off the elevator? That old woman, you mean, supported by the two men? Old woman, nothing. Unless I miss my guess, that veiled woman was Miss Sidney Rycroft. Well, brother, what are we waiting for? We're not. Come on. The quicker we get downstairs, the better. Yes, sir. I'm the doorman of this hotel. How long have you been on duty? Five hours. Why? A woman, heavily veiled and supported by two men, went out the door about half an hour ago. Did you notice them? Why, yeah, yeah, I did. I called a cab for them. Where were they going, do you know? Why, yeah, I heard one of the men give the driver an address on Water Street. But look here, you. What, what are you. What the address? What's it to you? Anyhow, I don't remember. Would, uh, would this help you to remember? Ten bucks. Well, uh, let me see now. Come on, what uh, was the address? Uh, yes, sir. I remember now. It was 417 Water
2: Street. 417
1: Water Street. Tumbleweed? Yeah, kid. I want you to do something for me. Go back to the office and send a cable to the Explorers Club in London. Just say, is Sidney Rycroft a man or a woman? And sign my name. But can I? Do don't... as I tell you. I'll see you later. I'm around the corner now, out of sight. Now, let's see. The address the doorman gave me was 417 Water Street. Well, it looks as if I'll have to pay a visit to that address. And I think this is a job for Superman. What is the answer to this strange puzzle? What will Superman find when he arrives at 417 Water Street? Will he manage to save the girl from whatever danger threatens... And what is the solution to this baffling mystery? Be sure to hear the next thrilling episode of our story with Superman. And remember, tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics Magazine.
0: Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater.
1: Presenting the transcription feature, Superman!
2: Look at the It's a plane! It's Superman! Superman! And
1: now Superman, champion of the weak and the oppressed, who came to Earth from the planet Krypton with physical powers far beyond those of mortal men and who fights a never-ending battle against crime and injustice, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a large metropolitan newspaper. Superman as Clark Kent and Jimmy Olsen are now in the midst of another strange mystery. Going to a certain hotel to interview Sidney Rycroft, British explorer, Kent discovered the explorer was a woman, not a man. Ms. Rycroft told Kent that she is being pursued by a group of fanatics because she had broken the seals of the tomb of Osiris in Egypt. Going back to his office, Kent found Editor White with a man who claimed to be the real Sidney Rycroft. Returning to the hotel with Tumbleweed Jones to check the girl's story, Kent discovered to his dismay that the girl was no longer there, and he realized at once that she had fallen into the hands of the men who sought her life. And now we join Superman as he flies across the darkened city searching for the missing girl. Listen. This is the weirdest thing I've ever gotten mixed up in. I certainly can't understand what happened at that theater. Oh. Now there's Water Street below me. 417 ought to be just about down there. Just about where that light is shining up through a skylight. I'll drop down and have a look through that skylight. I'll land on the roof, but i better do it lightly. Now to look down through that skylight and see... Oh, and look. There's Miss Rycroft sitting at a table. She's tied up. Strange-looking man sitting across from her. Sort of oriental in appearance. He must be one of the Egyptians who's been pursuing her. Uh, My super hearing will help me in this case. All I have to do is lay my ear close to this skylight to hear every word that's being said.
2: My dear, Miss Rycroft...
3: Believe me when I say
5: that we intend you no harm. So, you mean me no harm, eh? These devils of yours climb through my hotel room window, dash me over the head and bring me here. But you mean me no harm. One of us is slightly off his face, my friend. Uh,
3: You do not understand, Miss Rycroft. It is merely that my friends and I wish
5: to regain what rightfully belongs to us. Now you look here. All I did was to break the seal of the tomb of Osiris in the face of some rather and fanatical opposition. But uh, you misunderstand that you broke the seal of the tomb is a small matter. Indeed, a
3: very small matter that you entered the tomb that the feet of an infidel trod the sacred floor of the tomb that too is a small matter compared to this other.
5: What other? What are you talking about?
3: Uh, we play the game.
5: You pretend you do not know. I give you my word I don't know. I thought you and your oriental devils were after me because i had broken the seal of the tomb. I rather fancied when you caught me, you killed me. But there seems to be a bit more to it.
3: A great deal more, Miss Rycroft. Very well, then, out with it. What is it? What do you want? We want the sacred black pearl of Osiris. What? Uh, The English woman. She who displayed nerve and courage. Now she grows pale. She uh, trembles a little.
5: You mean to say you... You believe I have the black pearl of Osiris? Are a certainty. Oh, but I haven't
3: believed me. Well, she dissembles so charmingly. But I, uh, did I not know the facts of the matter? I should be inclined to believe her. But I do know the facts, Miss Rycroft. And I do know that you
5: have in your possession the sacred black pearl of Osiris. No, no, that's not right. You've got it all wrong. You have it. Now, listen to me. You think just because I broke the seal of the tomb and dared to go into it... Do you think I took the pearl away with me? We
3: know you did.
5: But I haven't got it, I tell you. The expedition
3: into the tomb of Osiris was led by two people. Yourself and Sir Charteris Andrews. Sir Charteris does not have the pearl of that, we are sure. Therefore, you must have it. Of that, too, we are sure. Well,
5: that explains everything. Explains what? That business at the theater where the great Gambini caused me to disappear. Well, I didn't remember anything until I found myself sound and gagged. I know nothing of that. What? Uh, Why should we go to such trouble when we could so easily carry you off as we did tonight? Oh, I'm sure I don't know. But look here. You've got to believe me. By heavens, man, I'm no vandal. I know what the sacred black pearl means to those who worship Osiris. Why, to steal the pearl would be sacrilege. Exactly.
3: That is why, Miss Rycroft, my friends and I have come all the way across the world to reclaim it. But I tell you, I didn't see it. I did not say you stole it. I merely say you have it. Well, certainly if I had it, I'd know about it, wouldn't Hmm. I? You do know about it. Oh, come. Come, Miss Rycroft. We waste time. Ah, the black pearl of the Osiris. Where is it? I don't know. I have a tender heart, Miss Rycroft. Do not cause me the pain of forcing you to tell me where the pearl is. Isn't there
5: anything that'll convince you? Nothing. Well, then I guess I'm in for it. But it's only sporting to warn you, gentlemen, your efforts to make me talk will meet with failure because I simply can't tell you what you want to know. We shall see about that. And, Batik,
3: yes, you know what to do. Ah, you are sure, Miss Rycourt? You do not wish to talk? Dear yes, fellow, my lad, if I could talk, I would, but I can't. So, carry on. Very well. But see, it will be necessary to release her first. Untie the cords. Mm.
5: Yes, at once. Well, that's a decided relief. Mm, my hands have rather gone off to sleep. Oh, removing the cords from my feet as well, eh? Sporting, of you, to say the least. Keep your hands away from the pocket of your coat, Mr. Icarus. Why should I? Especially when I have a neat little automatic concealed in this inside pocket you never bothered to search. Tommy!
3: She have got
5: Oh, I see. Charming little toy, isn't it, gentlemen? It was given to me by Sir Tortoise Andrews himself just before I left Cairo. And now it looks as if it's going to come in rather... <gasps> oh! It's oh, All of you! Oh, i you all! Well, finally
3: done. Very eh? You came up behind our little spitfire and grabbed her wrist just in time. And then, Miss Rykoff, we have the gun. And there is nothing else you can do. You are powerless.
2: Well, where?
1: Well. Look at this.
3: Who are you? How did you get in here?
1: Tumbleweed. my name Tumbleweed Jones. Have some fun. Maybe you fellas ain't got a sweet tooth.
5: Oh, Tumbleweed, my lad, I haven't the grubbiest notion who you are, but you've certainly come in the nick of time. But how'd you get here? A
1: friend of mine, Clark Kent and myself, found out you had been sort of hog-tied and brought here. Oh. Kent came on here to help you. after send me on an errand. Plank's admitting, Emma, I didn't do the errand. I didn't want to miss out on a fun, so I come right along, and looks like I got here for him.
3: Whoever you are, do not move. I have in my hand the gun that was this moment taken from Miss Rycroft's. One move, and I shoot.
1: One move, huh? Well, maybe if I make it... Will you
3: pick? Oh. oh! I didn't make it
2: quick enough. Oh,
3: yes. Yeah. Yes, I forgot to mention I am a good shot. I'm so sorry. I think, Fendi, you shall be safe on the floor for a little while.
1: Sandy. Yeah, I kind of got a feeling you're all right.
3: Yes. And now, Miss Rykofft, proceed to make you tell us where is the sacred black pearl of Osiris. Batik, I think... Oh. Oh.
1: Sorry to crash in this way, gentlemen, but I thought it was about time I took a hand. Shepard and it's you again.
3: Hey, who are you? Where did you come from? Who I am
1: doesn't matter. As you can see, I came through the skylight. I think, gentlemen, that you've been in control of this situation long enough. I'm taking over.
3: Oh, you are. Hush him. Oh. Oh. The him! Well, come on, don't hang back.
1: Oh... You've all had enough, eh? Good. Now then, we'll just herd you all into this next room and lock you in. I'll be back to question you later.
3: Yeah, we're you... Keep... We'll
1: talk about that
5: later. In you go, all of you.
1: Yeah, uh, uh... I think that'll hold them for a while. Oh, I gotta get this tumbleweed lad to a hospital at once. That's right, Robert. Well,
5: I still don't know who you are, but once again, I'm deeply in your debt.
1: Never mind that. I want you to get back to your hotel and lock yourself in until I send you word everything is all right. I don't think those gentlemen locked in the next room will bother you for a while. You do as I say? Oh,
5: yes, yes, of course.
1: Very well, then we leave at once. Tumbleweed, can you walk? i got a bullet in my leg, but I reckon I ain't dead yet. Good, let's go. You know? Yes?
5: Oh, uh, nothing, and. Well, really, you take the trumpet.
1: Why? Uh, hello? I want to talk to Clark Kent. Oh, who's this? Jimmy? Well, Jimmy, this is Tumbleweed. Yeah, I. Well, I'm a calling from a hospital. Now, 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 don't go flying off the handle, little laughing squirrel. ain't nothing but a leg wound. What's that? Oh, no, no, don't worry about it. I'll I tell you about it when I see you. I don't feel bad at all. Had a lot worse in my time. Well, Jimmy, I just called to tell Kent what happened to me. You tell him for me, will you? All right. Goodbye. Well, now that I've notified Kent, I guess I can turn over and get a little sleep. Funny thing about that guy crashing into the Skylar can understand that, but he shall so come in the it. Oh,
2: ain't
1: you nurse? Nurse? Hey, it's, it's dark in here and I can't see. Who's there? There's not chance there. Who is it? Who, who's in here? Yes, who is in Tumbleweed's room at the hospital? Who is the strange visitor who enters in the dark and doesn't answer when spoken to? Is Tumbleweed being involved in this baffling mystery? And will Superman get close to its solution? Be sure to hear the next episode of this weird and absorbing mystery story with Superman. And remember, tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics Magazine.
0: Behold! My glasses. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, aha! Uh-huh. It's the loop great subscription box, yeah! for an exclusive loop on surprises you to your door every month! Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy! ha uh-huh. <laughs> ha! From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX Collectible Boxes, dude! Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming Video Game Box! Woohoo! Yeehoo! To Loot Crate Box, what's with kids today, huh? Browsers! With cuts starting as large as a level per month, Those are facts just about for all collectors in. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's f-e-n-i-x media dot u-s forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, dig it? You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman.
1: Presenting the transcription feature, Superman.
2: <laughs> oh guys, look, it's a plane. It's a plane, it's Superman.
1: And now, Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who fights a never-ending battle against crime and injustice, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper. The mystery surrounding the identity of Sidney Rycroft, British explorer, grows more baffling with each passing minute. Two people, a man and a woman, claim to be the real Sidney Rycroft. Of the two, Clark Kent is inclined to believe the story of the woman. In our last episode, we heard how Kent, as Superman, went to the rescue of Miss Rycroft, who had been captured by an Egyptian named Humi. The Egyptian, with his men, is searching for the sacred black pearl of Osiris, which he believes the woman has in her possession. Tumbleweed Jones, disobeying Kent's orders, also came to Miss Rycroft's rescue and was wounded in the struggle that followed. It was then that Superman stepped in and saved both Tumbleweed and Miss Rycroft. As our last episode ended, Tumbleweed at the hospital had just called Clark Kent and talked with Jimmy Olsen, as he hung up the phone after telling Jimmy where he was and what had happened to him, the door of the darkened hospital room opened and... But wait, Who is it? that you, nurse? Who's there? Don't cry out, Mr. Jones. Huh? Remain perfectly quiet and no harm will come to you. Well, who are you? What? That's a gun you feel pressing against your chest, Mr. Jones. One move and you're a dead man. Might as well to warn you that there's a silencer on this gun. What do you want, stranger? There's no time to talk. The doctors will be here shortly to examine you further. You'll leave them here with me by way of the fire escape outside your window. I know. Who? I said Peter. there's no time to talk. Get out of that bed and let's go. But I can't walk. I'm shot in the leg. I saw you walk into this place. Wounding in your leg isn't too bad. You can walk out again. All right. You win. I'll come with you. What you'd be wanting with a wounded man is more than I can tell Now you're being sensible. Now then, out through that window. See now, wait a minute. All I got on is these here hospital pajamas. Aren't you going to give me time to dress? Yeah, can't be done. Suffering coyotes. It's cold outside there. Hey, look at that. It's starting to snow. Will you stop talking and get through that window? I'm deliberately stalling for time. Larry, out to go. Well, all I can say is this sure is beyond me. Here I am, a wounded man, where he done nobody no harm, and here's the hombre it's making me go into the snow and cold with nothing on but the yeah. gang. Jones, suffering from a leg wound, is forced through the window of his hospital room and down the fire escape. Meanwhile, Superman, having told Miss Rycroft to return to her hotel, lock herself in and await word from him, now assumes his disguise of Clark Kent and goes to the hotel to talk with her. He approaches the clerk at the desk.
2: Listen. Uh, excuse me. eh?
1: Uh, oh, uh, sorry. I, I'm afraid I dozed off for a short while. Well, what can I do for you, sir? I uh, up word to Miss Sidney Rycroft that Clark Kent is here to see her.
3: But it's only 5.30 in the morning, sir. I... I, kinda
1: I know, hesitate, I know. But... Don't worry about the hour. Please call her room and tell her I'm here.
3: Yes,
2: sir.
3: Uh, Miss
1: Sidney Rycroft, you said? That's right. Uh, uh, that's funny. I don't find a Miss Rycroft listed in the register. Huh? Well, she must be listed. I've come to see her here several times.
3: Miss Rycroft. Sidney Rycroft. Oh, well, I'm sorry, sir. According to the record here, we've never had a person of that name registered. Oh,
1: well, that's ridiculous i tell you, I've been to see her here a number of times in the past 24 hours. Uh, perhaps another hotel. No, it was this hotel, no other. Now, please
3: check that register again. Well, and... here, sir, you can see for yourself. There's no person listed as Miss Sidney Hmm. Well,
1: that is funny. Oh, but it's impossible. I, I saw her here only... Wait a minute. I know she's been staying here, and I'm going to prove it. Her room number was 814. Room 814.
3: That's right. I, uh... I'm sure you've made a mistake now, sir. What do you mean? Well, no one has ever stayed in room 814. What? That's always been used as a room for storing and cleaning equipment, vacuum cleaners, brooms and so on. Anything that the maids might use in cleaning up.
1: Now, wait, wait. Where are you going, sir? I'm going up to have a look at that room. Now, just a minute, sir. This is going far enough. Yes, and it's not going any further. I'm going to get to the bottom of this mystery right now. Come on. I'm going up to have a look at that room, and you're coming with me. Is this the room, sir? Yes, this is the room, all right. Something funny here. What is it, sir? Well, when I first came to visit Miss Rycroft, I found a dagger stuck in the door. A dagger? Really, sir? Oh, it's true, all right. But I don't see any mark of the dagger in this door now. Well, open it up and have a look inside.
3: Very well, sir. I'll uh, snap on the light. Well, sir? I can't believe it. This isn't the room at all, and yet. As you can see, sir. This room is used, as I said, to store cleaning utensils. I give you my word, it's been used for that purpose ever since I can remember.
1: I see. Well, thank you. I, I guess I was mistaken. Sorry. I said you. Work?
3: Calling Doctor Mortimer Post.
4: Calling Doctor Mortimer
2: Post. Doctor yes, Post. Oh, nurse?
1: Yes, sir. Uh, I've come to see a patient who was brought up
5: to this floor about an hour and a half ago. A man named Tumbleweed Jones. Oh, yes, sir. He's on this floor, but I'm afraid you can't see him for some time, sir. Why not? Well, Dr. Reed has just gone into his room to examine him. They took x-rays of his leg to discover how deep the bullet had gone, you know. I believe Dr. Reed planned to make the extraction in a little while.
1: Oh, I see. Well, I, I guess I can wait. Nurse, nurse.
5: But Dr. Reed, what is it?
1: The patient in 802, Tumbleweed Jones. He's not there.
5: Not there? But well, he must be there, though.
1: Well, I'm not blind. I tell you he's not there. Now, did you see him leave that room?
5: No, sir, I did not.
1: Well, he can't have gone far. His clothes are still there. A man would be a fool to leave the hospital, clad only in pajamas. Are you sure he left by himself? Eh? What? Who are you? Well, my name's Clark Kent, Doctor. I'm a friend of Mr. Jones. Oh? Doctor, I'm not too sure that he left here alone. I uh, I wonder if I might see the room. Well, of course you can, but what good that's going to do, well, I don't... Come on, then. You're absolutely sure, Nurse, that you did not see Mr. Jones leave that room?
5: He didn't leave while I was at the desk, Doctor. But I'm away from the desk now and then.
1: Here we are. Oh. Hmm bed empty, all right. Not a sign of Tumbleweed. Quite obviously, Mr. Kent. Chances are he went through the window. We'll have a look. Mm, the snow's coming down a lot heavier. I certainly don't see what the snow's got to do with it. Well, a good deal at the moment. If you'll have a look at that fire escape, Doctor. You'll see the impression of two pairs of footprints in the snow. They haven't quite been obliterated. You're right. Well, it appears then that Tumbleweed Jones was forced to leave the hospital in company with another man. I don't tell you this, Mr. Kent. Why on earth should I anybody... ask, Doctor. I'm afraid I can't answer it. Hmm. Disappeared Vanished without leaving a clue as to where he's been taken I wonder What's that? I've got a feeling a clue was left, Doctor And if you'll excuse me, I believe I'll start following it right now A clue, Mr. Kent? Oh, what possible clue could there be? I can't be sure myself, Doctor I'd rather not say until I am sure If you don't mind, I'll get along outside All right, I'll see you to the elevator Really, you know, this is the strangest thing that's ever happened in this hospital uh, Don't you think I'd better call the police? Uh, yes, yes, I think that'd be a good idea I'll do it then well, here's the self-service elevator, and whatever that clue is you're looking for, sir, I hope you find it. I hope so. Good night. Good night. Oh, nurse.
5: Yes, doctor.
1: Get me police headquarters on the phone at once. Will you please? Mm, the only sign of life out here is that milk wagon. It must be nearly dawn. I better make my way around to the alley where the fire escape outside tumbleweeds window leads to. I can only find the clue. Mm, snowing quite heavily practically no traffic at all this time of the morning. My only hope is that Tumbleweed was taken away in an automobile. If he was, I may be able to follow the tracks in the snow. Ah, here we are. There's the fire escape leading from Tumbleweed's room. Yes, there are the tracks of a car. Not very clear, though. Following those tracks will take supervision. Yes, this certainly is a job for Superman. Hmm, Here come the cops. Well, whatever I do must be done fast, so...
2: Up! Up!
6: don't
1: like it, all. You made that back right plain now, Mr. Jones. Would you be quiet, please? Quiet, well, am and tired. You dug me out of a hospital with nothing on but a pair of pajamas. Cold and snowing. And a full lo- hole in my leg to boot. And then you got the constant nerve to ask me to be quiet. Well, you're saddling the wrong ground. Now look here, Mr. Jones. I'm trying to be as sporting about this as possible. I could as easily shoot you here and now. Yeah, yeah, that's another thing I don't like. You driving at sixty miles an hour and using only one hand. Why these roads are so slippery. It's necessary for me to keep you covered with this little automatic. Hence, I must drive with only one hand. Now, will you please be quiet. I'll shut up after you tell me what's going on here and not afford that. Now, what's the idea? What do you have to leave for? I ain't done nothing. It's true, you have done nothing. You're the unfortunate victim of circumstances. What you driving at? What you going to do with me? I can't tell you that. First, you wouldn't believe me. Second, it's none of your business. Ain't hey, none of my business. Why, you hornswoggle Cayuse? How come you... Quiet! Here. I'm dang if I'll be quiet. Quiet or I'll kill you here and now. Kill me now? Any way i thinking of killing me? I didn't say that. You didn't have to. Say, uh, This, uh, This is a bridge we're going over now, ain't it? Yes. That's the South River below us. South River. Mm-hmm. I hear tell how the current in that river down there is pretty strong. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. It is, kind of. Because I just got me an idea. It's exciting. And my idea is this. If I'm going to die later... I might as well
6: die now and take you with me. Let go of that gun. Blast you, take your hand off the wheel. Look out, for skidding. Yeah, we're going to crash. You
2: fool! Right off in me, Frank.
1: At 60 miles an hour, the car crashes through the parapet and into the treacherous currents of the river below. Will Superman, following the tracks of the car in the snow, arrive on the scene in time to save Cumberweeds? And what is the solution to this baffling mystery? Be sure to hear the next episode of our thrilling and baffling story with Superman. And remember, tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman.
2: Up in the sky. Look, it's a plane! It's a plane! It's Superman!
1: Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine.
0: You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, no, it's Superman.
1: Presenting the transcription feature, Superman.
2: Look oh, oh, look, it's a bird, oh, it's a plane, it's. A
1: And now, Superman, champion of the weak and the oppressed, who came to Earth from the planet Krypton with physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who fights a never-ending battle against crime and injustice, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a large metropolitan newspaper. The mystery surrounding the identity of Sidney Rycroft, British explorer... Those more baffling with each passing minute. Two people, a man and a woman, claim to be the real Sidney Rycroft. On several occasions, Superman has saved the life of the girl from murderous attacks made on her by Humi, an Egyptian who is searching for the sacred black pearl of Osiris. In our last episode, we heard how Tumbleweed Jones, taken to a hospital to have a bullet removed from his leg, was spirited out of the hospital by a mysterious stranger. Kent, desperately trying to find a solution to the mystery, learned about Tumbleweed's disappearance and immediately started out to rescue his friend as Superman. As our last episode ended, Tumbleweed was being driven across a bridge when suddenly he took matters into his own hands, grabbed the wheel, and sent the car crashing off the bridge into the river below. Now we join Superman as he flies through the streets of the quiet city, following the trail of the car in the snow. Listen. Even with the power of supervision at my command, it's almost impossible to follow the tracks of that car because the falling snow is rapidly filling them in. If I don't hurry, I'm sure to lose them altogether.
2: Faster! Faster!
1: These tracks seem to be heading for the South River Bridge. I'm almost sure of that. If I'm to make time, I'd better take a chance and head for the bridge. I may be wrong, but I'd better take that. There's the bridge in the distance. What was that? Sounded like a splash, as if a large object had struck the water. Now, there's the bridge almost below me. Wait, what's that? The railing torn away. Tracks of the car leading up to it. The car crashed too. The splash I heard was the car hitting the water. We've got to work fast. Tumbleweeds in that car at the bottom of the river. Dive, dive down, Dive! now. Black down here under the water. Even I can hardly see, but I must find the car. It must be here on the bottom somewhere. Got to find it quickly, quickly or I'll be too late. Ah, there it is. Turn on its side. Yes, by heaven, that tumbleweed inside there jammed against the wheel. Got to get him out. Got to get him out fast. Yes. Well, send him right up. I can't understand it. Not at all. I'm either going crazy or I actually did see it. As I swam away after coming to the surface, I. Oh, come in. I say come in. All right. You're a guy that telephoned for somebody half an hour ago. That's right. And you? Sleepy Sam, they call me. Oh. Happy to meet you, Sleepy. Pull up that chair and sit down. Oh, my chair. I'll just lay right down here on his couch, if you don't mind. I feel kind of tired. Looking at you, I'm beginning to wonder whether you're as dangerous as they tell me you are. I'm the number one torpedo in this town. Torpedo? I don't think I understand. Torpedo, that's not a word for Trigger Man, a guy who bumps people off the dough. Anything you want done, I do it. Looks look right. And I didn't make a mistake in calling you. Try me and see... If you don't mind, I'm going to close my eyes. You just
4: go ahead and talk.
1: I'll be listening. Oh, very well. About three hours ago, I was driving across the South River Bridge with a man named Tumbleweed Jones. Do you hear me? Yes, hmm? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was taking him somewhere. He didn't want to go. Well, to be brief, he forced the car off the bridge and into the river. As the car fell through space, I opened the door of the driver's seat and jumped out. I managed to swim ashore despite the... Devil take you. Are you
4: listening? Hmm?
1: Uh, sure, sure. When I when I snore, it shows I'm interested.
4: Go ahead. Keep talking.
1: Well, I swam ashore despite the treacherous currents. And when I got there, I waited to see if Tumbleweed Jones would come to the surface. You hear me? Uh, 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 did he? Yes, he did. But in rather a strange manner. No need to go into that. Uh, I got to know all the facts. You wouldn't believe me if I told you.
2: Talk, brother.
1: Well... As I swam towards shore, I looked over my shoulder and saw what I took to be a, a man flying through the air. Mm. When I looked again, he was gone. But as I reached the shore, I saw this same thing, this man, come to the surface and go right on up into the air. Mm. He had another man in his arms. I'm sure that man was Tumbleweed Jones. And I am sure you're not. I told you you wouldn't believe me. Hey, what are you trying to do? Give me a fancy fairy tale? And eh, malarkey. Now day. listen. If Tumbleweed Jones is still alive, I've got to get my hands on him. Why? I can't tell you that got to know all the facts. It isn't necessary for you to know why I want Tumbleweed. All you've got to do is get him and bring him here. You'll be well-paid. How much? Mm, what's your price? Mm, half a G, 500 bucks. 500? You're out of your mind. Okay. Good night, brother. I'm going home to bed. Now, uh, wait a minute. I, uh, I'll give you 300.
6: I'm uh, well, sleepy. Good night. Let me know if
1: you change your mind. Now, hold on here. You, uh... You guarantee to get this tumbleweed person and bring him to me. If I don't deliver the goods, you don't pay a cent. Very well, the deal. You deliver tumbleweed Jones to me here, and you get your five hundred. Okay. Now, kind of give me a line on this guy. Tell me some places where I may be able to find him. Feel any better, tumbleweed? Don't you worry none huh? about 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 me, <coughs> kid. I'll be all right. But I still don't understand how I got out of that car under the river and onto dry land again. Unless it was that Superman fellow or something. Gee, do you really think so, Tumbleweed? You know how else it could be, Jimmy? Ah, oh, stop talking nonsense, you two. Here, Tumbleweed. I'm going to pour some more hot water into this basin. And be sure you keep your feet in it. Hey, hold Tommy, for honorary cayuse, can You're just about burning the feet off of me. Well, the doctor said to take care of him. Doctor, the doctor. Horse doctor, I calls it. Why, he wouldn't even remove that bullet from my leg. Said there wasn't no hurry, and he didn't want to probe for it without I was on a hospital operating table. Well, he knew what he was doing, Tumbleweed. Well, if he did, Kent, he's the only man I've met since coming to Metropolis that didn't know what he was doing. Kent, I never did see such an amount of fuss and trouble since meeting up with you. You just seem to have a natural affinity for trouble. Well,
3: Mr. Kenton, may are reporters,
1: you know, Tumbleweed. And reporters sure can't get into trouble. You've got something there, laughing squirrel. Now, you take this here. it's, here uh, it's, here. Uh, Yes. Uh, I got in it tonight. Now, what in the world did that fellow want with me? Well, that's hard to say, Tumbleweed, but I've got a feeling that his reason is somehow mixed up with this mystery about Sidney Rykoff and the sacred black pearl of Osiris. Sacred black pearl of Osiris. Gosh, that sounds exciting, Mr. Kent. And what's even more exciting is that story you told us about the hotel room disappearing and everything. Now, that hotel room hasn't disappeared, Jimmy. It was merely changed, that's all. What do you... What do you... What do uh, I mean... Well, look at it this way. I go to see Miss Sidney Rycroft, the British explorer, at the hotel where I know she's staying. I know she's staying there because I've been to see her there two or three times. The hotel clerk tells me no one has ever occupied the room she's been staying in. I go up to the room and discover that it's nothing but a place for storing cleaning materials, rooms and carpet sweepers and all the rest of it. Amazing. No, not at all, Tumbleweed. It just proves that someone changed that room. Took the furniture out and put those cleaning things in. And very probably bribed the hotel clerk to invent a story for my benefit. Why would anyone go to all that trouble? Well, Jimmy, I think the answer to that is simple, too. Now, look. Several days ago, we met Miss Rycroft for the first time. And we went to the theater with her. To see the Great Gambini. Sure. Right. And when the Great Gambini made her vanish and then didn't make her reappear again, we went backstage to find out what had happened. Sure, sure. you found out that the theater hadn't been used in years. That there hadn't even been a performance there that night. But what's all this leading up to? Yeah,
2: that's what I'd like to know,
1: Mr. Kent. Well, Tumbleweed Jimmy, it all comes to this. Someone is trying to convince us that Miss Sidney Rycroft doesn't exist. She doesn't exist? But why? Well, that's something we've got to find out. Just how, I don't know. But now, gentlemen, I'm going to leave you. Editor White wants to see me down to the Daily Planet. Now, Jim, you be sure to keep Tumbleweed bundled up. Oh, sure, Ted. I-, I ain't no child. I won't... I won't... I won't... Right... I just don't want to take any
2: chances, Humbleweed. All right. I'll see
1: you two later. Come go on, go on. Goodbye. Goodbye. You know, I just can't understand it, Jim. I reckon how Kent's right. I reckon there is someone trying to make us believe Miss Ripeoff doesn't exist. But I sure can't see why. I can't either. And there's that Superman fellow. I bet everything I owned, it was him that saved me from that automobile. Ted says he found me laying outside the door here, half drowned. Who are you? No move, fellas.
2: What? What, Tommy? How'd you get in
1: here? Fire escape. You're Tumbleweed Jones, ain't you? That's right, but put down that gun. Shut up. You, kid, get in that closet over there.
6: No,
2: wait a minute. Yeah, put down that
1: gun and listen to me. Shut up. I tell you I'll pull his trigger. Now go on, kid. Get in that closet. You'll be okay there till that guy Ken comes back. Tumbleweed. What do I do? You better do like the man says, laughing squirrel. a finger, finger looks awful itchy. Okay. That's right, kid. Get him, man. Hey, listen, you, what are you... Uh, now, don't look so worried, mister. He'll be all right. Yeah? He's got enough air. He'll be plenty comfortable in there. Plus, Daddy won't get in my hair, see? Now, all we got to do is worry about you. What do you mean, stranger? I mean, get your feet out of that basin of hot water, put some clothes on, let's get going. I'm getting kind of tired of all this moving around. Mm-hmm. It just seems like nobody will give me a minute's rest. Where do you want to take me? And what? You'll find out. Now, come on, and quickly get this done and quick I get home to bed. Put your clothes on, let's get now, started. Now, look here, fella. I oh, don't, oh, like, this. Gosh, I
2: don't like it. I don't like
1: it oh. What is the meaning of this sudden interest in Tumbleweed Jones? Why is the mysterious stranger so anxious to get hold of our cowboy friend? And with Superman disguised as Clark Kent on his way to the office of the Daily Planet, how will he save Tumbleweed this time? Be sure to hear the next thrilling episode of our mystery story with Superman. And remember, tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature,
2: Superman!
1: Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics Magazine.
0: You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman.
1: Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! (laughs) Guys, look! And now, Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who fights a never-ending battle against crime and injustice, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for Great Metropolitan Daily. Clark Kent and Jimmy Olsen are now deep in a baffling mystery, which centers about the sacred black pearl of Osiris, an Egyptian god. Now, with the mystery thickening, it appears that even Tumbleweed Jones, Jimmy's cowboy friend, is involved for an unknown stranger is on his trail. As our last episode ended, Tumbleweed and Jimmy were talking together in Clark Kent's apartment when a gangster named Sleepy entered, locked Jimmy in a closet, and then ordered Tumbleweed to come with him. Our scene is now Kent's apartment a few moments later. Listen. Are you sure that kid's going to be all right in that closet? Oh, got nothing to worry about, Mr. George. The kid will be plenty okay. He's comfortable. He's got plenty of air. Now, come on, get them shoes on, let's go. Where are you taking me? You'll find out. Well, then, why are you taking me? For 500 bucks. Man, you mean to say somebody's paid you 500 bucks to corral me like this and take me to him? That's right. Well, I <laughs> sure can't blame you. For 500 bucks, I'd be happy to go and see them myself. <laughs> now, by jiggle, that beats everything holler. What does? Why, anyone in his rotten mind would pay all that money just to get his hands on me. What have I got that he wants? If i looking at you, I wouldn't know, pal. Come on, get those shoes on. I'm tired. I want to go home a bit. Now just take it easy, friend. My feet's all swollen up from keeping them in that dark basin of hot water. Besides that, I got a board wound in my leg. You have? That's news to me, pal. How'd you get it? Oh, there was some Egyptian fella trying to get rough with a gal named Sidney Rycroft. She's an English explorer. Seems as how this here Egyptian fella calls himself Humi. Huh? Now, ain't that a peculiar name?
6: Sure is, homie. Damn <laughs> Egyptian, thing. Yeah.
1: Well, this here Egyptian fella thought she had the black pearl of Osiris, or Osiris, or whatever it is. Sure I am. Yeah. Well, what's that? I said, sure I am. Sure you are what? Sirius. Oh, no, no, no. You got it wrong. I said this here Egyptian fella thought the girl was in possession of the sacred black pearl of Osiris. Oh, excuse me. I was yawning at the time. I didn't hear you playing. Go on. Well, then, pay attention. Well, just as I arrived on the scene, the gal had held up the Egyptian with a gun. But well, he got the gun away from her and shot me with it. The Egyptian fella shot you with the dame's gun, huh? That's right. That's how come I got a bullet in my leg. Right here, down minute. Sir, huh? Very interesting. You got your shoes on? Yep. Freaking how I'm ready to go with you. And I suggest we get started.
3: And I suggest you stay. Why, what
1: in the No, no, gentlemen. As...
3: I have you both covered. No. Oh. You, drop your gun.
1: Oh, wait a minute, pal. Drop Did it. You... <laughs> I should argue. Say, hold on here. I recognize you, mister. You're the guy that shot me in the leg. Your name's Hume.
3: I compliment you on your memory, Effendi. How'd
1: you get here? How'd you get out of that room where... where Superman locked you up?
3: Your amazing friend, Superman, as you call him, neglected to search my men and myself. We were able to pick the lock on the door of that room and make our escape as to how I got here, most probably by the same method employed by this gangster through the fire escape. Now,
1: look, pal, but you... I will do
3: all the talking necessary. All right. You, Mr. Tumbleweed Jones, you are coming with me. Now, hog-tie
1: me for a loco bunk
3: You mean to say you want me to? Does there appear to be anyone else who wants you, Tumbleweed? What do you
1: think this here sleepy hombre was holding me up for? He wanted to take me to somebody that's willing to pay $500 for me, dead or alive. Maybe I'd better start bargaining here. How much are you willing to pay for me? Come on, gentlemen, just step right up.
2: $500
1: bid, do I hear six? Do Why I hear...
3: that You fool, the humor of the situation does not strike me. I am not interested in what business others may have with you. I only know that you are coming with me. And that you are coming now. I
1: ain't so sure about that.
3: Let me, me remind you that I, too, can use you, dead or alive.
1: Now, I'm sure. I reckon it's how I better go. Now, if you just give me time to get my hair. Right, Hi, Ken. Looking for Editor White? Yes. Is he in his office? No, but the guy I wanted to see about is. Uh, White said to tell you to go out right on in. He'll him back a little while. Okay, oh, thanks, Jack. Oh, so it's you. Hello, Mr. Kent. Yes, it's I, Mr. Sidney Rycroft. Still insisting that you are actually Sidney Rycroft, eh? And who has a better right than I, Mr. Kent? There's a girl who also goes by the name of Sidney Rycroft. Oh, yes, yes, a rather mythical creature you claim to have met. There's nothing mythical about her, and I did meet her. I can prove that. Jimmy Olsen and Tumbleweed Jones, a friend of mine, have also met her. I don't believe anyone, especially Editor White puts much stock in either young Jimmy or Tumbleweed Joe. That doesn't matter to me. I know that girl exists, Ryecroft, even if no one will believe me. If this girl, Mr. Kent, this uh, Sidney Ryecroft, really does exist outside your imagination, why don't you produce her? Why don't you bring her here? I'd like nothing better than to meet her face to face. I can't bring her here because I don't know where she is at the moment. Extraordinary. I wouldn't exactly call it that. I went to her hotel yesterday to talk to her. And the desk clerk told me that she had never been registered there. Ah, I see. Do you still believe the girl actually exists, eh? I certainly do. And further than that, I believe someone is trying to make me think she doesn't. Would I be wrong in saying that someone might be you? Naturally. Then, of course, you don't believe that either. What do you know about the sacred black pearl of Osiris? Why, why, nothing. Nothing at all. You're lying, Rycroft, or whatever your name is. How dare Uh. you? Very well, Kent. You've taken no trouble to hide the fact that you dislike me. Let me suggest that you let this dislike ripen into a good, strong hatred, and we'll start even. Good day, Mr. Kent. When editor White returns, tell him I shall see him tomorrow. Needless to say, when I do see him, you will find yourself without a job. I'm right about him. I know I'm right. He's no more Sidney Rycroft than I am. It's the girl's story, I believe. Mm, the girl. Got to find out what's happened to her. Where she's vanished too. Mm. Clark Kent speaking. Oh, hello, Chief. Yes, I've been waiting for you here. it will be a little while longer, eh? All right. But, what's that? Oh, uh, no, no, he decided to go along. He said he couldn't wait. Well, he said he'd be in the sea in the morning. He's got something of uh, importance to tell you. Yes. Okay, Chief. Uh, I, I guess I'll be here when you get back, yes. All right, so long. Ah, I wish I could figure this thing out. There's going be so many questions to be answered. Which of these two, the girl or the man, is really Sidney Rycroft? Who's actually got the sacred black pearl of Osiris? Who's trying to get hold of tumbleweed and why? And, and what? The... Uh, Ken, there's Cablegram for you. It just came in over the wires. Cablegram? Yeah, from London. Okay, thanks, Jack. Uh, don't mention it. A cable from London. This must be an answer to my cable to the Explorer's Club in London. Uh, let's
2: see now. Uh,
1: apply your cable and Your question most unusual. Sidney Rycroft is a woman, of course. I was right. I knew I was right. The girl is Sidney Rycroft. And the man who just left here is an imposter. Well, now we're beginning to get somewhere. Now I'll really be able to think. that. So, at last, the question of Sidney Rycroft's identity is answered. Clark Kent knows now that the British explorer is really a woman. Meanwhile, back at Kent's apartment, Tumbleweed Jones, at the point of a gun, prepares to leave with the Egyptian named Humi. Listen. Well, now, I reckon it's how I'm ready to go along with you, Mr. Humey.
3: Excellent, Your I admire you for your reasonable attitude in this matter.
1: Brother, when you've got a gun pointing at you, you've got to be reasonable. Well... I guess we better get going. Uh,
3: wait. Before we go, I must be sure our gangster friend does not follow. See hey, oh. Uh, uh, what do you want? You will do me the favor to step into that closet. Hmm? I will lock the street door on you. Sunday Jones and myself will be far from this place by the time you escape.
1: Wait a minute. There's a boy in that closet. A boy? Yep. This guy here, what held me up the first time, had kind of the same idea. He put young Jimmy Olson in that closet just to keep him safe till we got away.
3: I see. Well, in that case, we will lock him in this other closet. Uh, You, Tumbleweed, you uh, open the closet door and put him inside. That'll
1: be kind of a pleasure. All right, you. Just step in here. I'll be happy, too. I can curl up and take a nap till somebody lets me out. That's okay with me. In you go. Suffering Kyle. I ain't never seen no one as sleepy as that there, fella.
3: You talk too much. Lock that closet door.
1: Okay, offended. Now... You just let me uh, turn out these lights in here. I reckon this how we'll be ready to depart.
3: Never mind the lights. Listen to me. We shall go down on the elevator. I shall be holding the gun in my pocket. Say, uh,
1: that's the gun you shot me in the leg with, ain't it? That's the gun you took away from Miss Rycroft.
3: You stall for time, Miss Listen. If on the elevator you make one for smooth, just one, this time my bullet will not find your legs. But your heart. Now then, let's...
1: Stop Kyle.
3: The lights. It is pitch dark in here.
1: Come on. Something shot that lamp right off the table. By jumping Jenny Renz, it want not mean.
3: I know it was not you. There is someone else in this room. And whoever it is, he does not leave here alive. Who is it? Who shot out that lamp? Answer me.
1: Drop your gun, Andy. And drop it quickly. Stop Kyle. Out of the darkness of the room comes a strange whisper. Who is the whisperer? What new unexpected twist has our mystery taken? And what of Superman? Will he bring this case to a successful conclusion? Be sure to hear the next thrill-packed episode of our story with Superman. And remember, tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics Magazine.
0: Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior!